Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Crowcast Podcast. I'm Shane. Hey, I'm Ronnie. And these are the audio versions of the interviews we've had with our special guests on Crowcast. This episode is with Andrew Hunt. Uh, this was a cracking episode. We've known Andrew since around 2016 uh, with Buffalo Summer. We get into all of that. A band that I'm really excited about, mate. Uh, Valhalla Awaits. Yeah, Wicked Sound. I remember when we first heard them. Um, we were going to a show ourselves. Actually brings that up in the podcast. But um, yeah, immediately strikes all the right chords with us because the, the bands we grew up with, exactly the same as Andrew, but it was just great listening to another Welsh lad, been in the game a long time, um, multiple bands, and this really does seem like the perfect fit for him. I completely agree. Yeah, they more than earned the merit to be where they are at the moment and cause yeah. the excitement that they've got. Um, great bunch of boys, worked hard around the, the, the scene for years in different bands. We'll mention all of that. Should we get into it? Here we go. Strap in. This is Crowcast Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, co family, please welcome frontman of Valhalla Awaits, Mr. Andrew Hunt. Hey, how are you doing, (laughs) At least they know it's live. Exactly, exactly but exactly you can tell by half of the guests they're like uh fuck am i coming on live on a tuesday night i'm gonna clue what i'm gonna end up fucking doing or saying like do you know what i mean ah uh, thanks Jesus for having Christ. me boys uh absolute pleasure but to everyone we've been wanting one for a for a few weeks now so um it's just glad we could uh set the times up and stuff and uh get you on but how have you been brother very good, thanks. Keeping him busy, much like you said. Well, not as busy as you boys like, but uh, it's just nice to be back again and after lockdown and stuff. So, yeah. you know, a bit of normality right. resumes for bands and for, you know, just music uh, fans in general. Like, so, yeah, it's yeah. Good, good to be back. Yeah, yeah so... how was that period for you, but how did you keep yourself busy? Did you, um, did you do the same as us, look at, like, online stuff? Did you do much singing in the house, or...? Um, to be honest, um... Just as we went into the first lockdown, um, basically my partner gave birth to uh, a daughter. So uh, it was, in terms of that respect, it was it was good because I was furloughed in my old job for a few a good few weeks. So I had time with the baby and stuff. And yeah, mm-hmm. to be honest, I didn't really do much singing apart from in the house. You know, just picking up like an acoustic guitar, doing a few bits. Um, that was the only thing I did for the best part of a year. Um, and then uh, we sort of got back into it then, like just bouncing ideas back and forth with Valhalla and just tracking some ideas at home. And like most, well, there was loads of people doing collaborations, wasn't it, online? So yeah. it yeah. was uh, a matter of uh, rather than being able to get into a group, into a room together, it was uh, emailing, emailing different takes back and forth. Like, mad times like it was absolutely yeah. mad times um we were the same you're trying to adapt or you're trying to work out how to kind of make things work but massively excited for this new project bro um i i know we'll we'll probably touch on that more like do you know what i mean but yeah, how, yeah. How, how did it how did it start for you how, how did everything kind of how did you get into music? Um, oh, way back, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. see what I mean. So um, when I was, uh, I've got a, a photo. I should have 
got a few photos ready, but next time. So when I was about three or four years old, like most kids, I had a little uh, plastic guitar and a plastic microphone, and I had a red headband, and I got a photo of me miming along to Dire Straits. So that was the, my first like m- musical memory at home. Um, so that was the first sort of uh, music I ever listened to, and then. After that, like most probably kids in like the late eighties, early nineties, Michael Jackson um, is like someone we talk about a lot in Valhalla because I think Snoz actually saw him like back in the day. Did, did any wow. of you guys see see him in Cardiff or anything back in the day? Or? No, no. Yeah, that's incredible. I suppose like we're all giving up our ages, and we if we say we saw Michael Jackson, oh, in, uh, I. <laughs> arms back, like. <laughs> I've actually got a piece of the arms pack. That's twice that's come up in forty years. Oh, yeah, well, my cool. boy, my boy was on about. I'm segueing, and we'll get back to it. But my boy was on about stadiums, and obviously, I'll you know the the old character of a stadium. And I, oh, yeah. I brought up the arms park, and I remember. Yeah. I don't know if any of you had it, or there's probably other people. But when they took it down, they were selling like key rings and little stuff with a little yeah, bit of, yeah. of rock from the arms park it's just mad how that that's come up um you find that i don't know you don't hear about something for years and then all of a yeah, sudden exactly it's like massive in conversation for like like i said twice in the in the last two days like you know so yeah yeah i mean um it, uh, after after probably like listening to a few bands and having like little toy drum kits and stuff um I, like like a lot of people, I was into sort of that cool Cymru movement where you had the Fornex, Manex, yeah. Super Furries, Catatonia, all those bands. And then I had a few people in school like lending me uh, Nirvana CDs, Green Day. So, and then like Nirvana was, it was probably, to be honest, it was, when I didn't start playing guitar till I was 16, so it's quite late really. Um, but it would have been Nirvana and Stereophornex were the first two bands that made me think, oh, you know, I like to have a go at that myself, you know. Um, so, uh, I had a little, um, part-time job, um, saved up like a hundred quid. My first guitar was, uh, what was it? It was like a, an Epiphone Les Paul Jr. with a single pickup. And that was it. Didn't look back then after that. So, yeah. So were and, your parents um, musical bit or was it just? Um, my mother had a lot of like Motown records and stuff. And my old man was really into uh, band, well, like Welsh bands like Budgie and Man and bands right. like that. So he had a lot of yeah, like yeah. vinyl and stuff. Uh, he can sing, but he's never really done anything live. My uncle sings, plays guitar. And my grandfather uh, used to sing in some clubs and stuff, sort of like Sinatra and the old crooner. So that's probably where I get my love of all that stuff from as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it kind of it is it is in the blood. But uh, at the time, I didn't really perhaps realize when I was young. But I think if it's in your DNA, it's in your DNA. Uh, well, you boys know if you're Welsh, it's in you, isn't it? So it's there, exactly. like Jesus Christ, yeah. That's it. yeah. So you said you said you went down the guitar route, but was it was it vocally as well? Were you like you know singing and playing guitar? Or um, so the f- um the first band I was ever in was a band called Lethargy, um, which was kind of um sort of a grungy slash proggy sort of band. So similar kind of influences. They're like with Valhalla now. So Alice in Chains, Soundgarden. Yeah. Um, those bands like from the 80s, bands like King's X with the three-part harmonies, stuff like that. Yeah, but uh, but I, I started on guitar and I was still learning guitar while I was in that band because I started when I was, yeah, like 16, 17. And we did that for like 12 years. 
Um, so, uh, trying to think now. Why? So yeah, we started in two thousand, and it basically ran until about like twenty twelve, and Buffalo was around twenty ten. So there was like a bit of a, a bit of a crossover period. So was your brother drumming in that band as well? Because obviously Gareth, or people he was. Gareth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't. The, we did have an, uh, a different drummer originally. So we also started when we were in school. Yeah. Um, and then the drummer left, and my my brother came into the band. I think when he was like he was fourteen or fifteen, and he had a bit of um a bit of a baptism of fire because <laughs> the first album that he ever made, uh, we had uh, a producer over uh, called David Prater who had done um Dream Theater images and words. <laughs> so he's there like sixteen, seventeen year old, and he's got like producer just in his ear do this do this and he'd keep him up to like four or five in the morning in the studio just like playing all these fills and yeah that was um wow right 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 in the deep end baptism of fire that was yeah but uh some brilliant experiences from you know the first band um and yeah it was like a bit of history to stuff to that maybe before a lot of people just might have thought or started with buffalo um uh like I'm from Neath, Johnny from Buffalo, from Swansea, but there was in the early 2000s there was quite a strong music scene. Uh, sort of, uh, you know, you you obviously had the, the thing that was happening with you guys in Bridgend with uh, Bullet and Funeral and and all those bands, and then like a bit further like west, like Neath and Swansea, it had its own sort of little scene going on as well. And uh, a lot of the guys that were around then are still around now, either in the same bands, like you probably heard like Sons of Thunder from Swansea. Yes. Yeah. Band, like they're still going now. And um, in my brother's band, um, Pula, so the, the sing- singer Steve, he was in a band with Johnny from Buffalo um, yeah. called the Sheer Shock Revival. And that was like, they were doing that sort of like Senties thing probably back when it was just like the answer were like the big like blues rock thing. And it's obviously it's become quite a thing now with you know with a new wave of classic rock yeah. um but yeah there's lots of that sort of crisscrossing uh all playing each other's bands and you know so um yeah that was the my first sort of venture into making albums and, and touring and, and that sort of thing do, do you feel a bit like because obviously um me and Shana Bridgend you're you're from down neath way and I, and um do you feel a, a bit lost down west um in the music scene like for, you know like you said about the pools of bands in Wales yeah yeah um because I always found it weird of you can play Cardiff like even when we were younger we could play yeah. Cardiff you play bogeys you play what whatever the the venue yeah, yeah, I remember has all progressed in but then when we used to go say Swansea way. Um, like we've talked about this, apart from like say the Duke, I think we used to play the Duke back in the day. That's our um, local. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, that's yeah. where we rehearse. That's where we've written all the albums. Yeah. Wow, the, it was like a proper dodgy stage back in the day as well, that's wasn't it? Same it was one. Is it the same <laughs> one? It's exactly the same place. It's a time walk. <laughs> It was like training, wasn't it? Because like, if you're ever scared of being on high fucking dodgy stages, that one was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Phil Phil Jones used to have his jam nights down there, didn't he? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we used to go down there for them, see as well, like you know. So, I just always used to find, um, and it's just an honest question, like the bands down down west do they fe- feel a bit more left out or does it feel harder because you're only 20 miles down the fucking road but yeah it always seems like 
is it all messed down there as well with the scene? Like, like I remember That's, coming it, down uh, at one point and it was hot yeah. with the skaters. That was a hot punk rock scene. Yeah. And then it's like, you'd go down it again. There'd be like five people at a gig, like, you know? No, I so... think you've, you've summed it up. I think that's exactly how it is. Um, it did have a lot of, again, you know, like uh, I think it was Funeral was signed. There was a studio, Mighty Atom Studios, and Funeral for a Friend were like signed to Mighty Atom before they went on to bigger things. And it was a, there was a few bands then, like Brigade and some other ones knocking about that came out of that little Swansea studio. Um, but as you say, um, it seemed like the music business came to like Cardiff and they like <laughs> really found a lot of talent like in the Bridgend area but yeah probably west of Bridgend it was it was a bit overlooked to be honest there was some real um you know ta- well like anywhere I mean talented bands I mean Wales is uh, always been a hotbed of talent I think for, and even more so at the moment it's like a new resurgence in it at the moment like with you guys and Florence Black and Tri Bless and all these different bands again coming out of Wales which is brilliant you know yeah, and that's the thing, like, because a lot of people said that to us, you know, uh, new band, because, you know, your new name and all of that. But, yeah, of course, yeah. You know, as we'll touch on after, you know, if you've been in several bands or you've all even just shared the scene together and those experiences, yeah. you kind of get, so even when you form a new band like you have lately, you all get it, you all know where each other's come from. Um, Absolutely, so yeah. It does make it a lot easier, because uh, I found that when, like, um, met back up with like Shane Shiner and the boys and stuff. It was just, it was like you just knew you had a better, better ethos of where, where things are, and you just knew as a band who you are. You knew the scene, you knew the past, you knew it's it just, I don't know, it just seemed like a, a better place to be, like at the moment when you're a Welsh musician in a band, like you know, yeah, yeah, it is. I no, yeah, I totally agree with that. Like you say, um getting back and jamming with guys you might have uh, either been in a band with you as before or just they were in other bands. That's kind of like how it was for me because um, there was like a review that went up the other day saying my new project. <laughs> I just wanted to say uh, on air that uh, I was the last one to join Valhalla Awakes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, Snoz and uh, Chris already started the band. And then they got Sam and Reese in. And I, I already, I didn't know the other boys too much. I knew Chris because uh, before Chris, uh, you obviously know the Revoker boys. Before that, they were called A470. A470, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bringing up another venue now in Heath. I don't know if you remember, called the Windsor Club, which was like a social club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, yeah. and that, again, that, at one point, that was great, you know, considering it was like such um you know, Neath is such a small little town and you had bands like uh, Kids in Glass Houses, Enter Shikari, all these bands, you know, coming down to play. And um, I can remember uh, we did quite a few gigs with A470 in them days and I'm a little bit older than Chris and the boys were really young and they actually, like, run, like, a 52-seater bus down from Rumney. So you had all these, like, Rumney Edders coming off and oh, it was carnage. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I, I yeah... We did a gig then with Buffalo in the EVI and Valhalla Waits were, were on the bill doing a gig. So I had a good catch up with Chris and had a chat with the boys and um, loved what they were doing. Um, so I don't know if you've planned these questions for a bit later, but um, I'm giving you a bit of uh, background. No, we can skip back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Valhalla, it is still, it's, I'd say it's it's a new band. Because uh, to the general public, even if we've been sort of knocking about in the last couple of years during lockdown, um, I don't think the guys had done many gigs. So Snoz 
um, and Chris got together and started writing perhaps maybe three or four years ago, um, writing a few tunes. Uh, Reese, who's uh, one of the guitar players in um, Valhalla, he, he was in a band previously as well called Dead City Ruins. Obviously, Snoz was in the back, uh, the Blackout. Uh, Sam has recently been in a super heavy band as well called Sentry. They've they've just literally just just finished now this week. But uh, again, all guys who have been like on the scene for years know how to do it, know how, yeah. how it works, and I think that makes a huge difference because oh. you know when you start when you're young, you're very naive, and somebody dangles the carrot, you take it, and you learn the hard way. Like <laughs> I've yeah. done that more than once, to be honest with you. Um, you know, but yeah, because you you invest in something because if, if that's your passion, that's what you want to do, and you invest in it, and then somebody else is like, oh, I don't want to do this no more. You're like, you bastard, like because yeah. <laughs> I'm in this, so yeah, I, I totally get that, bro. Yeah, so it's just like you know, it's just nice now just to be, uh, just you know, writing songs and creating something with like-minded people. And at the moment as well, it's nice to kind of go back and be doing like at the minute now. You guys, you signed to the label, and you've got all the other bits that go on behind, which. I had a little bit with Buffalo, not like to the level you guys are, um, but like had an experience of it. But sometimes when it's something new, then it's nice to get in a room with none of that going on behind. And it's just like, oh, we're mates. Let's just make some music and yeah. see what we can come up with. Like, And it's nice to have had that, you know, that period. And only now, really, we're starting to launch the band properly. So, yeah, I mean, if we if we touch on what you said then, I mean, it's a... I, I've got a graphic by you, and it, I, I knew it, it would come up. Like I said, we met you around two sixteen. <laughs> that was the gig, bro. Like you know, we jokingly said it backstage, but it, it's it, that was the gig. We we met you then, but the, our band was in that in that kind of lane where we'd been through shit. Yeah. Um, and and to be honest, I think after that gig, we went through a lot lot more shit as well for a little bit actually, which was quite. Um, quite fucking funny actually um yeah thinking that you still you know everything and nothing else could go wrong yeah. now because yeah. you've been in the trenches as you said you've been up yeah, and down yeah. oh nothing else could go wrong and then we were like oh fucking hell <laughs> i tell you what though you're bringing up that gig in particular up, up, up the mountain i remember being backstage you know it, that's probably one of our first big shows up there uh, um yeah yeah i remember you boys coming in and darren in particular was just one of the funniest people on the planet, Darren. Hell of a bass yeah, player. Yeah, he's got, he's, he's got, he is, that, that man can tell a story, like. He's unbelievable. He is so naturally funny. But anyway, he comes in, and we haven't, we haven't met you guys before. He comes into our changing room, and um, like Ronnie said, we've gone through shit, and, you know, and then he starts talking about where you guys have been. And we were like, look at each other, like, shit, man, that's, that's a, that's what we want, like you know that. Yeah, career, yeah. Like where you'd been and stuff, and like, fuck, yeah. this, hey, this could be it. We're up the mountain with Buffalo Summer, like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but it was, it was. I never forget that day, just because how funny Darren uh, was. But <laughs> secondly, it was like Welsh boys that have been to Europe, and that's that's yeah. that's what we wanted to do. And Darren was telling us all about these European stories he had, like, and um, and I was like, shit, yeah, this this could this we could do that. That's what we want. Brilliant. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, let's rewind to there. You, like you said, you had you did have you had success, success, man, in in our eyes. Um, yeah, because you 
you had Buffalo yeah. Summer, like you said, you that was is that the first proper band you would say, like proper professional band where it was like, fuck, things are happening, your record deal. I was the second one, so like with Lethargy, not again, not many people know about it, but um, I don't know if any of you guys remember, maybe some of the listeners may remember. So, Classic Rock um, magazine had a record label in probably like the mid 2000s and it was called Power Age Records but you'll definitely recognize some of the the names so what they were trying to do was help probably like create like a new type of rock scene maybe like a blend of american bands and uk bands kind of what new wave has gone on to become yeah so yeah. like you know with that's like support network so what we basically got um signed to their label um, it was us, uh, the treatment. Who you definitely would know. Yes, this is the very first album. This is like the early, very early um, formation of the treatment. I think it was a band called End Ever After, no. maybe Viking Skull, and there yeah. was another band from Canada we toured with called Pride Tiger, and they sounded like Thin Lizzy. So we had that. That was the first sort of like. Um, label thing essentially that we ever had but what what we found difficult at the time was getting we could just couldn't get like a booking agent we couldn't get a proper manager uh, but we had like this this like record deal or whatever and for whatever reason it just never really took off it might have been as well it was when like emo like that sort of thing mm. was like getting like really massive and everybody had like side part ends, and I had the same hair then as I got now, and the other guys, and we, we we were just like playing like Alice in Chains, some garden riffs, and Tool and stuff like that. And uh, I like I I I mean I think a lot of you know like there's so many talented bands out there. Obviously, I think you do create uh, luck for yourself by the amount of work that you put in, but sometimes you just need that natural bit of magic or luck as well, just to something to just fall in your lap. Or I don't know if you boys agree with that. Like, like you, you do make your own luck, but you need things to go for you as well. If that makes sense, like the momentum and things. And we did that for 12 years. And then like the bass player, Mark, who literally grew up across the road from me, moved to London and, uh, you know, but like again, we're still all like best mates, and uh, we actually did a gig for Aled in back in the party. I think it was before lockdown, so it's nice to still have that like friendship and say like, oh, if we want to get in a room and or do a gig, we we can. Brilliant. So that was before Buffalo, and then I used a lot of experience I gained from that time to help launch Buffalo, basically. But you've been the front man in every band you've been in, bed, have you? Uh, not in lethargy. I was the rhythm guitar player, and I just sang like a few harmonies and stuff. Oh, right. Um, so, yeah, Buffalo. I can remember like being in Buffalo, and to be honest with you, we we a lot of the you know we were talking about the Duke earlier. Yeah. yeah. Like the the vast majority of that album was funded from playing in the Duke. So we used to rehearse in the basement. So, for example, we'd be there on a Friday night, and Tony would be like, "Oh, the band's cancelled. No one's turned up," and we'd perhaps have like five songs. We just carry the equipment upstairs. Brilliant. play and we would do that probably like most weekends um and then so we some nights we'd just be jamming so we'd be writing the songs there and then in the duke and because it was like we knew everyone there so it was just like jamming in front of your friends really but know. it was a brilliant thing to do and you know that's the only place really in neath uh that's been um, a supporter of you know like 
when you're like young and you're out of college and you're looking for gigs and a lot of people like, oh, when especially in those times, have you got a CD already? Can I hear this? It's just like, no, nah, just put you in the diary, get up and, and do your thing. Like it was even an opportunity. So like Tony who runs a Duke, like we've, you know, everyone in this area has got a massive amount of respect for him because he has enabled so many people to like help him on their way, you know, from starting when they're very young, just to be like giving them that, that stage to work with. So, yeah. Incredible. So what was your first, um, what was your first gig for Buffalo Summer, bud, where you had to take the, the, the mic and, and no guitar? It would have been in the Duke. We de- definitely would have been the Duke. Um, but I can just, yeah, I can remember when I like not having a guitar, like <laughs> yeah. the first, I still do it now sometimes, but people think, I don't know if, well, maybe not you, but I still get like, you know, a bit nervous and stuff sometimes when I'm playing. So I, I basically okay. just do this, like for the first However, many Buffalo gigs. I just did this. And I just held my mic. Yeah, I, just, I, I couldn't fucking I do that, but like, <laughs> I didn't have a guitar to hide behind. So I was like, that that's uh that's what I did. Um yeah. so that took me, I would say, quite a while to get used to not having a guitar to hide behind and being the focal point. So I'm I'm still not comfortable with being the focal point now, really, but I, I enjoy singing and I'm a better singer than I am a guitar player. So that's how that, that worked out. And uh, so, like, um, I was in college with Johnny. Johnny was already, as I say, in a great band called the Sheer Shock Revival. And before that band were called that, they were called Powder. And I don't know if anyone would remember, back in the late 90s, Powder won, like, best new unsigned band in the UK in, in yeah. the Kerrang. Um, so, yeah, like, the, you know, there's always been that sort of like lineage really like from Swansea and um, Steve before he was in Perla then Steve and his brother were in Stuart Cable's band Killing for yeah. Company. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I had this just thinking about it now. I had this tape when I was a kid, it was deep purple and rainbow. And uh, when you fold it out, it had like a family tree thing of all, a list of all the guys that had been in the bands. And imagine doing one of those, like, for South Wales. This guy's in this band, then another line. Yeah, you're awesome. <laughs> well, that, that's yeah. exactly what you said there. I mean, like, I, I've loved doing this show as well, because, like, we've had some people on, including yourself. Like I said, I met you through Steel House, and then and I've seen you play now since then. But, yeah. like, Snoz, I knew in the blackout, and I've done shows with, with Snoz. So it is mad, that connection. And you said about um, Revoker, obviously, Jamie, we've had on you, and we've known yeah. Jamie before. So, yeah, you can always find some connection, but everybody's got a different story. Yeah. Um, and especially, that's why I asked the, the question about West, because I used to come down, and you'd see so many good bands, but it'd be like... I don't really see him down this way as much, if that makes sense. Or yeah, no, should I yeah. say, and this is the fair comment, it's they haven't had that break, and that's that's fucking what it is, like, you know? Yeah. So because you know, like like you said earlier, you know, the period of the Bregen scene blew up at one stage. Then I think Wales in in general, um, I think we've talked about it on you, Shane, where I think Wales in general just went quiet, as in yeah, like, there's did, a yeah. lot of good bands over a over a period of time, but it would just become quite a cold, like just nobody really knew what was that hot or what was going on and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden now there's a, there's a new, um, like you said, try bless yourselves. Um, Scarlet Rebels. Uh, Scarlet so Rebels, Florence like Black. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's lovely to see. You know? 
it's lovely to see Bullet is still doing great. Funeral are back out in the road now. Uh, yeah. I think they've got their last show tonight. Um because I know I've spoken to some of the boys and they're like, they get the fucking itch, man. Because they're like, you know, maybe they haven't done it for years and they're looking at other bands doing it or yeah. they're looking at the social medias blowing up and going, fuck, it'd be nice to do a few more shows now, wouldn't it? And, that, and that's how it, it gets yeah. it going. Like, it's like you can't, you can't get away from that buzz, like, do you know what no. I mean? So... Uh, I yeah I totally totally agree with you like like I I wouldn't write off perhaps one day there might be like another blackout gig or a, another revoker gig I know it's been mentioned a couple of times when I have a chat with the boys and I think that would be great you know for people who are fans of those bands and like I haven't seen revoker fears I'd like to uh, I'd buy a ticket for that myself like yeah well they they they, they blew up like you said like do you know what I mean yeah they're, again they're great. I'm talking about that that thing with the luck like it's like got signed to Roadrunner which is like can't like what more do you want you know what I mean massive label and then they had all the restructuring mm. and it, oh. like, they were out playing like chatting to Chris about it playing with like Ozzy and like Zach Wilde and you know uh, Soulfly all bands like that and then to have like the you know have the rug pulled out after you've you've got there like and then but again it's that it's that luck and it's so much in it there's so many factors in the background like yeah. that that the, the, the band has no control over sometimes and 100 percent. but like um shane's been quite an advocate of it really where i was a bit defeated for a long time with the industry we'll call it that way where i was just like oh blah 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 and i remember shane you would basically say no we're you know we love our band um so fuck basically what other people say and you know i know you've said other things along the line of that but then it's almost yeah, like yeah. it just takes out all the bullshit then because we i remember when we were in the road which is some of my fun fun and fond memories there wasn't a care in the nicest possible way it was just performing on a stage and connecting with people which is what we all got into music for like do you know what i mean yeah. you forgot about like you said there wasn't that the labor, the the agents, this or or anything, or the business side of stuff. It was the innocence of being in uh, in that Duke playing, yeah, like yeah. you said, having a jam with your buddies there, going, "Oh fuck, I love our tune," and the band actually that raw buzz, like you know what I mean. So, and and I think we've just managed to keep that and keep it growing personally. So when you say about um, you've got to have that bit of like the momentum and that's we're riding that because um, yeah, we're quite aware of yeah. that and we Shane of like trying to keep um, as excited as we were I suppose because you can easily kind of think oh well we don't have to work as hard now and and I'd say that to any band I think you have to work harder the the more people back you um, especially with the Crow family as, as they bought the merch they buy the, the tickets to the gigs the more that builds and the, the bigger it gets, I almost feel you have to do more back. Um, yeah, yeah. So so it's literally tug of war. And as it grows, that's hopefully where you want to get to is that, that high ground, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then now being a bit older, help everybody around you as well, like, you know? So 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, you know what it's like when you start out when you're like 16, 17 and you just haven't got a clue. And yeah, I I do the same. If anyone ever asks, I always try to give a few pointers but at the same time i'm i'm still asking people for advice and how to do this and how to do this because the industry's changed so much and that was like a conversation that we have in the other day so you guys like particularly with this crow cast have like been like right to the forefront of it and i've noticed florence black have always been great with that and obviously they're like younger guys but they really switched on to like the social media thing and um 
yeah, me and Snoz were just saying the other day, oh, remember, you know, you had to do this. Like, so Snoz was saying when he was in the blackout, before the blackout got big and MySpace was was the thing. MySpace, yeah. yeah. So he would have to, like, they they do, like, a support slot somewhere, like, whether it was in the UK or Europe. <clears throat> and then after the show, anyone that commented, he would have to, like, individually add them to the page, message them and say, we're coming back, we're doing a headline tour. So it's really like time consuming process, whereas now you can just put like a post out, you know. Uh, but again, the dynamic has changed uh, so much, even from like the early to mid 2000s. Mm. You know, the mod, the models just changed again. Me and my old bass player back in the day used to stay up in shifts. So one would do a night of doing America. Yeah. And like stay up through the night because that was the other thing with MySpace because it, it never fucking stopped because it no. was the case of, well, if you stay up now and add a load of people from America and talk to them and then I'll do the UK tomorrow and then I'll fucking stay up and do America tomorrow. And that's how we did it for ages. It became yeah. obsessive. Like, um, yeah. I remember doing tours and I've talked about it to the boys where we literally didn't pay for an hotel. Everything was paid for by MySpace, as in you just contacted people, they put you up. Yeah, um, yeah. So the whole the whole thing was, and Snoz probably remembers all of that with the black. Uh, you would have where... done, yeah, they did exactly the same thing, same as like we did with like Lethargy and stuff. You just get to meet these people, make friends with them. Yeah. And, you know, sleep on the floors and you wake up in the morning and you've got a, a cup of tea and some toast, you know. Before you yeah, go on sp- else. spaghetti bolognese, which I know was Shiner's fucking <laughs> pet ate. I think I think we had it for like thirteen or fourteen days on the trot. Yeah, <laughs> we, fucking, we went to Newport. We did a gig in Newport, and um, John cooked us a meal. The owner of Newport. Yeah, yeah. And we went to his restaurant. I always tell a story because it's my favourite. And um, it was an honour to be asked by John. So we sat down, and the first thing he brought us out was spaghetti bolognese. And Shiner got up. <laughs> I went to the fucking fish and chip shop, like. <laughs> I was honestly, he was like, I can't fucking do another spaghetti bolognese. Like, do you know what I mean? So, but it was out to feed a band. And and I think the cool yeah. thing about MySpace back then as well, bro, um, is the networking. So if somebody had like stayed somewhere, it was cool, it was safe, and they look after yeah, yeah. you. A lot of bands would tend to hit that person up. Yeah, yeah. And like, like I remember staying with a girl up in Aberdeen and she had like this farmhouse that was done out for like adequate seven. Do you remember them? Like the school Yeah, band? yeah, I remember them. Yeah, yeah. Um, they would stay there and we'd stay there. Um, I don't know if the blackout would stay, but she'd had so many fucking bands stay there. Yeah. Um, because like her mom and dad would do the breakfast in the morning, they'd come to yeah. the gig. So you'd guest list them and that's how it works. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just a really cool way of networking. And like you said, when we we did the crows, me and Shane had the conversation and I had to eat humble pie where I was like, I have no fucking idea how it works anymore, bro. Cause it was like, you've gone from postering to MySpace to this kind of rapidly moving. Um, I mean, fuck we're, we're talking about like TikTok and stuff. Now when we chain and stuff like that, it's like, cause it's just the next buzz or the next thing yeah, that's moving yeah. and how to keep the band growing. Like, you know, so it's, it's fucking mad, isn't it? Where it used to be back in the day, just put a poster up. Play a gig. Um, we used to do that. Yeah, with lethargy, we'd go around Neath with. Uh, we used to get um, flour and water in a tub, go around. Yeah. Up, like. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what you had to do if you wanted people at the shows, you know. Yeah, man. Leaflets, um, posters. That's yeah, the only exactly. Way to do it, like. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just the yeah the whole dynamic is. 
and you're even talking, you know, like saying about the amount of time and effort you put into MySpace, it still exists, but like it's like defunct, and it? it's like it could happen, like not that it would, it would, but maybe like in 20 years there'll be something else instead of Instagram or whatever, like yeah. you say, TikTok's the new thing now, and yeah, um, yeah so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it is difficult to stay current and stay on top of everything and keep that momentum rolling all the time. And I'm sure you boys know that more than me. <laughs> we, we're just learning it, but the same, and, and it's the same as what you said. It's not not being afraid to ask or not being afraid to to try things and yeah. new ideas and 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 just kind of keep it keep it kind of rolling that way. Like I think that's yeah. the that's the key to it. Like you know, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely a different industry like if if you know i can feel that um but it's great as well because there's so many bands have discovered now thanks to the community as well like the rock community has been it's fucking awesome because the amount of bands this week that i've listened to which i've never heard of before and that's because of suggestions on forums and stuff and i'll go yeah. on them and they'll put the links up and stuff and fucking else so it's like the old um Reminds me of the old fanzines and stuff. That yeah, you yeah. Get. And you'd, you'd have yeah. to discover the new bands, but it's almost like these, these, like you said, new wave of classic rock or, um, yeah. or, or certain Agwan fan pages and stuff. Yeah. And then you see them flying up suggestions and stuff. It's fucking brilliant. Like that's, yeah, I think great. that's where we'll all flourish in a way because it's an easier way to get your band across. Like you guys played Winter's End the other day and. I think a few posts, and all of a sudden, it was everywhere that you would add the stormer. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, good? exactly. It does. It does make a, a big difference, then, when when you've got you know gigs like that for a new band, especially, it gives you that like sort of exposure, first time in front of a lot of people in a big room, and yeah, and like word of mouth does still counts for a lot. I think you know. What was that like though with Valhalla? Awaits. Oh, awesome, mate. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it was brilliant. Is probably yeah. It was the first sort of proper sort of like festival type gig that we've done. Yeah. Um, so far, and we've got like you know, there's there's more lined up now this year. So yeah. What time were you on, bud? What time were you on? What time were you on? Um, about half past four, quarter five, I think. So it was a t- you know nice slot, like yeah, lovely. And the room yeah. was full, and we had a really good reception. So it's just nice to be back up there doing it, you know. Yeah. How long was the set? Oh, half an hour. Yeah. The half an hour of power just bang straight through, I, like yeah. I, I love those. I love the thirty to forty minute slot. I love it. Yeah. Because it's just bang. It's relentless, and and get off. Like sometimes, like when you go. On, the hour or the hour and twenty or hour and thirty when we're headlining, it's it's brilliant. You can put on that show, but there's nothing better than just that quick blast of let's do our thing and get off. Like, especially if you're that. playing playing to people who don't know as well. It's just like yeah. bang, there it is. That's what we do in a nutshell. Yeah, you know, like it good if you don't, you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> so. so is um, what's the what's the writing like when it comes to Valhalla bed? Like as as different to uh, Buffalo Summer, perhaps. So is it the boys bring the music and then you write lyrics? How, how does it all work, songwriting-wise? So with with Buffalo, um, it was always the four of us in a room together yeah. writing. So like Johnny would mainly come up with most of the riffs. Darren would come up with stuff. Sometimes I'd come up with a melody and they'd write around it. Yeah. Or there'd be a, my brother would come up with a drum pattern. 
Whereas with um, with Valhalla, uh, because the base plays Sam, um, I'll, I'll give a studio plug, Unit 13 in Triga. So Sam, Sam's got his, uh, his own studio. Um, so Reese and Chris have spent a lot of time going back and forth and having that facility where they can just sit down and just bang a load of ideas out. Yeah. Um, so quite often the lads will, you know, we'll, they'll come to me with like a full song um, so it makes my life a lot easier because I've only just got to come up with the melodies and things. Um, when I first joined, I think Chris had written a lot, a lot of the lyrics, and I might have added a few lines, tweaked a few things. Mm. But nowadays, uh, still, me and Chris might like write like a, a, like so, so skin and bones there now. Um, that started with um, I had like a melody, but Chris had a couple of. Um, the opening lines for the song, and then I added to them. So it was built quite like organically. But Chris comes up with some really good ideas. But they're all those guys are like such talented musicians. You know, it's like you know, like you're in probably like yourselves. You're in good company. You know, those boys know their way around a riff and a hook and a melody and and whatever. And you know, is some of the what makes a difference as well is. Like they're some of the nicest guys you could wish to meet, and I always say snores. Like they say, Dave Grohl's the nicest man in rock. I, I'd say snores. Like, but uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's just that they're a pleasure to be around. To be honest, and uh, I was very grateful. They uh, they originally um, snores sent me a message because we used to chat sometimes about like Incubus and stuff and Faith No More. So like bands that we both loved when we were growing up, and they'd. Um, they done a couple of demos and they were like, we're looking for a singer kind of like you. Can you, <laughs> will you do a couple of demos? So I did a few home demos. They said, will you come up and jam them? So I was like, yeah, no problem. Went up to like uh Tradiga area, did them. And they were like, do you want to join? And I was like, yeah. And it was as simple as that. <laughs> really so, easy, that quick, like new straight away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause I, I'm into that sort of music anyway, even though like I love a lot of synthy stuff, like with Buffalo, I've always liked that sort of, Alter Bridge, you know, the more metal side of things as well. So, and yeah. um, that's that's basically what, it, you know, it's like a lot of, if anyone hasn't listened to the band, yeah, it's very sort of heavy metallic riffing, but with still uh, like melodies and melodic vocals. So I can't do any screaming anyway, so I'll have to be singing. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I remember, Ron, where were we, bud? I think we were going to a Tramshed show. Were we yeah. going to watch Bernie? Yeah, we were going to yeah. watch Burning Money. It was the way day, the first one. That was a while ago. Yeah, it was. But we were we were listening, and we got sent a track Valhalla, and then we were like, "Who's this?" Then? And then started saying, "Oh, Andy's a singer." We're like, "What?" And it was, it was mad because <laughs> I had I had heard on on interviews you had done about your love for Chris Cornell and, and yeah, um, Alison yeah. Chains, like you just said and stuff. And then when I heard this stuff, I was like. Yeah, this is his bag. This is this is what he loves like. And and yeah. not that you hadn't loved everything you've done before, but yeah, yeah. I knew that there was that that, you know, the, the stuff you would listen to as a kid, what made you Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well suited. Like. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, well suited is exactly the thing, but cuz like we were listening to it, it was like oh wow, Andrew's voice sounds great, you like. It does in Buffalo Summer, but it's a different vibe, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just a different seemed, vibe. Yeah. It just seemed like a perfect match. I can't remember if that was the, the gig, but I know exactly what you're on about, Shane, because we were just well, like... Yeah, we, walk, we parked ages away, and we were walking yeah. over to the tram shed. Yeah. 
And and that's what we're on about technology, mate, because we're there kind of like running down the band, looking who's in the band. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's how quick it is now, isn't it? Like, it it's is, not yeah. like you're going to wait for a fucking demo or go to the, the jungle or whatever your music shop is. <laughs> yeah. It's literally like, fucking hell, new band, Valhalla Waits. You could see, I can't remember who put it on the socials for the life of me to give them the credit, but there's a few people kind of go and check out this band. Probably yeah. Lee Evans. You probably Lee. Lee. Yeah, yeah, we know Lee yeah. and we, we see yeah, his post. Yeah. Um, and it, it would have definitely been like your Aleds and people like that as well, yeah, champion in the yeah. band. And I think for me, because I remember saying to Shane, fucking hell, Snoz is in the band. Um, and I, I knew like Snoz's background and I was chuffed yeah, to see yeah. him back behind the kit as well. Like, you know, because yeah. I know a few of them kind of went their own ways and whatever. Right, but yeah. um, And then I wasn't too sure on the other boys personally, but obviously yourself and, and him. And we were fucking really excited, weren't we? Because yeah. we were like, wow. And then obviously when this new track dropped, that's where we were like, got to get you on. And I think I've said it behind the scenes and I've said it verbally on here on other shows that I'm looking forward to coming and watch you play because I still haven't, it just hasn't married up um, that I haven't been able to catch you boys, like schedule-wise and that. But yeah, we haven't done many gigs, to be honest with you. That's I mean, it's so new. I think before lockdown... I think we did one gig um, with Florence Black in Club Evo Bach. Uh, I think we did one in Swansea. Um, and it, yeah, so technically, yeah, we've probably still perhaps done handful, less than a handful of gigs. You know, I so think it's... that's what we were hoping to come to was the Florence one. And then, as in everybody, lockdown happened and the world goes to shit. That's and then right, it's yeah. like where there's an excitement there, it's almost like, oh, chuck it in the fridge for a bit. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. so, yeah. But I, I echo what Shane said, basically, of um, the excitement from a music fan, never mind we're in a band or uh, we've known fun. all of you. It's it's nice when you use something. And, um, like, we've been listening to the track all week and stuff, and you're just, like, you can resonate with it because it's our youth as well, isn't it, Shane? It's like our... Yeah, it's you our guys would have listened to a lot of oh. that, that same sort of stuff, like, so... Yeah. yeah, it's like you all know, like like what you said, you know you, you want to be like, you know, and that's such an easy place to be because you're not imitating anybody or you're not trying to be something that you're uncomfortable with. It's almost like you're in a room with a bunch of guys, you all write fucking hardcore riffs and stuff that just all suits everybody melodically, like, you know? Yeah. So it's a powerhouse that works for my years anyway, like, you know? Oh, nice one, boys. Cheers, yeah. We deliver uh, live now, but where can we see you, bud? Only shows. So we've got uh, the next show is the one in Swansea in the Paddy Pavilion, one of our lead shows, Sound Bay. So we're on, ah, the, we are. on the Sunday yeah. there, I think, yeah, third on. So there's some great bands. Well, it's all a, weekend, it's a, it's a hell of a lineup. So Yeah, it's a great lineup. That's an incredible. Um, He's done a sterling job here, Alex. Yeah. So looking forward to that one. And then we've got uh, Steel House then. And we're, well, oh, sorry, let's do this one first. Yeah, we got Florence Black, uh, Support, and Ollie Brown. I'm looking forward to seeing Ollie as well, you know, because yes. uh, I've seen Raven Eye, but I um, I haven't seen this this new project that he's got. So, yeah. and obviously Florence Black are uh, well in the ascendancy at the moment. And uh, they blew me away the first time I saw them when they were about like 16, 17. And Lee was another one again who told me about Florence Black. And he was like, You've got to check these, these kids out. Um, mm-hmm. Buffalo, we did a gig with Phil Campbell um, in the Globe. So this is going back a good few years. And even just in his sound check, I was just like, you know, three piece, 
really young and straight to I I knew like I was I've always said like this that band's gonna do something significant like yeah man so, well, we you know. we we've we've always talked about it we watched them in hobos years ago we went to watch the treatment yeah in Bridgend, went to yeah. watch the treatment and uh, this band just entered the stage real fucking swagger to him when I saying because we were yeah. like who the fuck are these now like <laughs> and it was like all right we're fallen black <laughs> I was like. Fucking hell, fair play. That's that's yeah. a cracking band. So we've always we've yeah. been mates with them ever since. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? And um, as you know, as people know, we've we've they've come on the tour and everything. With that's us. right. Like, yeah, yeah. I I feel they're a great band as well because um they get the boys laugh, but I get really pumped up when when they play. Um, I don't know what it is. If you got like certain bands and they're playing with you, it just fucking gets you. You you're ready for the game. Like yeah, they're um, that sort of band to... as well, and they they relentless like. Hundred yeah. percent. It makes you raise your game, but they, they definitely got the wrong name. They should be called Florence Green, not Florence Black. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They're not. They're not. They're not shy on our front, are they? Let's be honest. You can. Oof. You can smell them before you see them. I'm telling you now. Yeah. <laughs> they, they would have fitted in well in the. Uh, the, the music's very modern, but uh, I reckon they could have kept up with a lot of the, the boys in the seventies and eighties, no problem. Yeah. Absolutely, but Jesus Class. Christ, they are smoking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got this killer one as well because um reef obviously a band from all of our youth as well and a man fuck me I yeah that's it. class isn't it yeah that's that's a great lineup um yeah so um mikey and max from steelhouse actually um got us these couple of gigs and they've been awesome to us really helping us out recently um love steelhouse uh yeah Re- a reef was one of the first band like the first proper gig that i ever went to was uh, Stereophonics in Morva, Morva Stadium in Swansea in 1999. Um, and Reef were on that bill. Like they, I think they might have been main support. So, And I've seen them a good number of times. And what's really cool is they were part of that Britpop movement, but they were much more like, uh, they were like always like a 70s classic rock vibe to them. I wouldn't have classed them as Britpop because I think the guitar, I don't know if he's with them now, Ken Winhouse, hell of a guitar player. Like very Hendrixy, very bluesy, and uh, it's great to see them back. And it's almost like they've got like a new audience. Yeah. So you had like a, a, like people our age growing up with them, but now a lot of those guys that that perhaps will from the new wave of classic rock scene are like, ah, oh, yeah, Reef, I remember that song, that song. And then they yeah. go into the back catalog and they're like, yeah, this band's actually awesome. And I heard the new single the other day is class, Wolfman. Yeah, said the same. Said, we were yeah. we were up in the studio, weren't we? Uh, yeah. We were up in the studio playing in a car, and we were like, "Yeah, fuck it, it just sounds." Gary's voice is awesome. Like yeah, it's changed yeah, a lot, yeah. like since he was yeah, young. Yeah, brilliant. Good video as well. Fair play. Yeah, really cool. But it's funny you should mention that gig, by the by the Stereophonics in in Morpher. Like, if that was ninety nine, was it ninety nine? Yeah, yeah. No, I had tickets for that gig, right? And a and a gig came up. Can you remember this, Ronnie? In Bonham Mine. In Bonamine, yeah. There's a in pub Swansea. in Bonamine in Swansea, right? Where mm. and this is this is the reason why I sold my ticket, right? Thinking, oh, a couple of quid now, a couple of beers. And where the pub is in Bonamine, you go at the back and you can look straight over to Morpha. Yeah. Um and we kind of well, we couldn't see, but we could hear the gig. <laughs> so we did our yeah, gig. Yeah. Had a few beers and we went, and went up the back and, and kind of listened to the Hornets from a distance. Yeah, it was a massive gig. It was their first real big gig as well. Well, they did Cardiff Castle the year before, but that was like 60,000 people. Yeah. What's so the name was... of that pub we, we played down, Bonham, in Bonham Mine? The Sunshine Inn. Is there? 
So he's fucking gone. He scared him, and as he's fucking gone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but honestly, um, sunrise, sunrise in or sunshine in or something. If anybody in the comments knows where we're on about yours, last gig I did in Barnumine was in the rugby club. Ties in sun, Julie Penner said. Ties in sun. Um, Rising Sun, I thought it was, or something yeah, like Rising that. Yeah, Rising Sun, maybe, yeah. Um, but, yeah, if it was Tizen Sun, uh, all I can fucking tell you is, and uh, it's a true story, um, so there was a part of the set where we played a song, and the fucking landlord went a shame. It was like, literally, we played, I think we played Tramps West. We were like, fuck it, phonics are down there, but it's you, you want to fucking be like, you know, and all of that jazz, like, you know, and we fucking kicked into it. Fucking landlord jumps on the pool table, rips his top off. He's going up his fucking head. Next thing you know, everyone is, my eyes are burning and everything. He's tear gassed the fucking pub. Um, so we're outside, we're only 16, 17 at that point. We're like, fucking hell, man. Like, like literally my eyes are fucking raw. I'm like, fucking hell. And Shane, I remember going, fuck, what the fuck is happening? We're all scared, you know. It's like, fuck, what the fuck is going on? He goes, everyone's like, it's all right, but he fucking loves you. He loves you. He never tear gasses the place unless he loves a fucking band. And that was genuinely it, like that. And we were Sounds like another, nice. That, and we were doing another track and my back was up against the window. And I just remember looking back and thinking, what the fuck was that? And I'd just seen this thing flying through past the window. It's kids kicking a chicken. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Another ordinary day in Swansea, that is. We were like, fucking hell, it was incredible. But, yeah, a couple of, a couple of drinks and watching the phonics in the cheap seats right on top of the fucking mountain. Yeah. Like that. yeah. Good oh, times. Perfect. Great, <laughs> great times. Um, and also, you mentioned Max and Mikey Embert. Um, so you've got Steel House as well, which was a, a cracking announcement. That day looks phenomenal, actually, uh, on, on Steel House. It's a hard-hitting fucking day, that is. like. So. Yeah, we're first on, so we're opening opening the festival on the Friday. Well, I, I'm sure they'll have something on the Thursday, but on the Friday, we're first on, so I'm really looking forward to... Uh... You know, to that slot, like it's a good one because uh, by that, you know, people are still fresh and they on a Friday, and yeah, I've absolutely. not too many, so hopefully we'll make a few new friends up there on that day. But I love Steel House as a festival anyway; it's such a friendly, uh, just a good vibe there. You know, when you when you go there and you play and you know mingle with people in the crowd and stuff, and it's just got a, I don't know, it's like a family atmosphere almost. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Oh yeah. It's definitely the type of place if you've had a few, somebody will put you to bed safely. Like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. Fucking... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's not that that's happened to me a few times. Let me tell you. But um, it's okay, nobody's no. kicking chickens up here, but <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they're feeding them up there. Um, you you just said about Steelhouse, and we can't let you go without touching on it as well. Obviously, we know the success you had with Buffalo Summer. We're so excited, and one of those gigs I'm definitely going to try and make. But so we'll have Rich. a beer, and uh, I promise you, because I'm itching to watch the band, and I've looked at a few by there, and there's a date in particular where I'm like, I might be at that one. Yeah, so drop me a message. Oh, it's happening! It's happening. Um, <laughs> um, but also Phil Campbell. What was that like? Yes. You got a phone call one I day. Was awesome. So mm-hmm. we've. Obviously, over the years, done uh, a couple of Buffalo tours with uh, <laughs> with Phil and the boys, and uh, I just ran. Yeah, it was random. I just had a message saying, "Can you, you know, can you? Would you be up for doing these shows over the summer?" And obviously, uh, straight away in my 
heart to heart. I was like, can't believe this opportunity. This is amazing to be asked. And at the same time, I was thinking, Lemmy singing Motorhead and daunting, like, because I haven't exactly got uh, that, you know, that, well, no one's got that voice. It's a one, one in a million, isn't it? Um, but, like, the boys told me, you know, you just be yourself, sing. So done a few rehearsals and then, did a good few festivals with them um, over the over the summer, and uh, it was amazing, amazing experience uh, to be able to play some of those songs and just to spend time just with the Campbell family, really, yeah. and the guys they have in the crew and stuff as well. They're a great bunch, so I was really grateful, you know, to have have that opportunity. Um, oh, Gareth, yeah, <laughs> he's probably the number one fan actually for uh, for Phil Campbell. Um, yeah, awesome, just like such nice guys and again you know considering everything phil's done in in what he's accomplished totally he's just still down to earth welsh guy yeah. when, when it comes down to it and uh they they treated me so well and i've just got nothing but good things to say about that band and um the new singer joel's doing an awesome job he's a great fit so looking forward to their new album as well like Class, but yeah. what was the what was the biggest show you done with them? Audience, uh, Blood, Bloodstock actually yeah. it was the biggest show that I've ever done <laughs> in my life. So I, I tried not <laughs> try not to think about it too much. It, it was I think it was like headline slot on the second stage, and I remember like looking like that on the third thing. Going, <laughs> ah, right, that's that's new because you can see so far, and afterwards it just becomes a blur, like in a shadow. But yeah, just amazing experience to be able to sing them, you know, those songs and just share, share a stage with, you know, with the boys, uh, you know, Dane, Tyler and Todd, as well as Phil, just awesome bunch of boys. And, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've only got, I've only got good things really to say, you know, about that experience. So that's somebody there. Yeah. They're doing the motorhead set. Yeah. So check, check that tour out. Incredible, bud. Now fair play to you, but how old are you, bud? Uh, not not quite forty, so I'm not far off. <laughs> Good boy, yeah, we're in same same bracket, don't <laughs> Yeah, nearly there, but uh, not 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 far off. So yeah, we've been we've been at it for oh, twenty twenty. Well, yeah, two thousand was my first band yeah. started. So you know, twenty twenty two years in the uh, in the system in the industry in some shape or another. <laughs> still Incredible. still going. Yeah, Incredible. same as you guys. You know, it, it takes time, doesn't it, boys? It, it does, but it does. And that's, what, that's why I asked the question. It's just apparent, you know, the exposure, the experience you, you've collected and, you know, to to be the front man with Phil Campbell, that says it all, but, you know. It's a privilege, um, to be honest, to be asked. Like, I didn't expect it at all. So um, I just enjoy, in, you know, in, enjoy the moment. Like, Yeah, incredible, bud. But thank you so much for telling us your story. Oh, thank um, you for having us. Absolute pleasure. Like Ron said, we'll definitely catch you at one of your shows because um, we're really psyched about what we're hearing. We'll have to catch you live. Thank you so much for joining us, Bed. Thank you for the time, boys. Appreciate uh, being asked on. Thank you very much. Thank you, brother. You're welcome, bro. Absolutely awesome. See you soon, all right, buddy? Cheers, lads. All the best. Take See you soon. And all the best, Bed. Amazing. Absolutely awesome. Um, should we play the latest single let's do it this is valhalla awaits with a single skin and bones
Thanks for listening to Crowcast Podcast. Don't forget, this episode is also available to watch on our YouTube channel. For up-to-date information on everything Crows, follow us on all our socials or visit our website, thosedamncrows.com. Tidy. Ta-da!